Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Episode three of the Project the Plate podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 30th, and I am privileged to be joined by the two co-founders. Peter Apple is uh, normal. You know, he's the regular. We've seen him before, but oh Aram Layton's a new face, a new voice to the program. Aram, you have uh, your fingerprints all over Project the Plate. So when this site actually full-blown launches, uh, you'll be you'll be one of those head honchos, right? What else are you doing for this site besides your guest appearances on this podcast? Yeah, you know, um, it's it's been an awesome collab with Pete, you know, and, and before, you know, when we first started, it was much more on the written side for me. So Pete is introduced me to the video world and that's where it's a perfect marriage. So I've been doing a lot on the on the writing side and, uh, you know, getting ready to build a really cool infrastructure for fans to be able to have that, as Pete says, the one-stop shop. So we're going to have prospect write-ups, you know, team write-ups, college baseball write-ups. And so I'm just trying to craft that editorial strategy so it's super simple for everybody. And I think it's going to be really fun once we have that rolling. And you're going to be doing some cool stuff with Pete as well. You're going to be doing a weekly thing. We're going to be doing a weekly thing as well. So, you know, we're going to be seeing your face, hearing your voice all the time. Pete, you have yet to say anything. So how are you? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm really excited to break into this gambling stuff because on TikTok, on April 1st, opening day, I'm about to start giving away three gambling picks every single day. My three favorite picks, and I just, I, I genuinely really like gambling. I think it's yeah. really fun. And there are a ton of great lines here that have insane value that I feel like Vegas is just, we talked about this earlier, just isn't really paying attention, especially with the rookie of the year. So I'm more focused on these gambling lines, kind of just staring at them and not really listening to you guys as much. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Two-parter. So tomorrow you've got team over-under win totals that we'll talk about. We'll also pick division and league winners and, of course, a World Series winner. But today we're focused on player props. So we're going to give you our MVP picks, uh, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, all that jazz. We'll pick uh, season leaders in home runs, strikeouts, and saves. I think I covered absolutely everything there, right? Pretty much everything. uh, What we're going to do is we're going to go – a favorite that we like, and it's not always the odds on favorite. It's one of the four or five, 10 favorites for this award, who we like, who we think is going to take home the hardware and also a dark horse value pick. So why don't we just hop right in with the American league MVP? We'll go AL then NL Pete. Let's start with you. Who's your favorite for the AL MVP. When we're talking favorites, this is probably the odds on favorite of all favorites ever. It's Mike Trout. And it's plus 225, and I'm going to tell you why. So he just had an interesting interview with Ken Rosenthal. And when, he, when Ken asked him what he wants to improve on for the next season, I'm going to read you the quote because it, it gives me chills a little bit. It's going to sound crazy, but I've been fighting something at the plate for the, like the last year, year and a half. Starting this year, I just kind of figured out what I was doing, just getting back to where I can go up there and feel comfortable. Are you kidding me? That's stupid. Feel Mike Trout feeling comfortable? So you're telling me he's been in a funk? Yeah. Give me Mike Trout. Give me it. If he was minus 100, I think he's going to hit 50 home runs this year. Oh, God. This is the best. 
I actually didn't see that quote. So that, that is some good, good mining there, Pete. Um, geez. <laughs> that, that, that's like my, this is my like true reaction to that quote. Holy crap. Even before that quote, I think, you know, if, if you're not hedging whoever else you're going to take to win the MVP without, you know, hedging Mike Trout, you're probably going to lose some money there. Like he's always, except for last year, which is a fake season. Um, he, he's always been in the top two and every single season that he's played a full year, except for the one year where he was hurt. And I think he finished fourth. He missed like 50 games. So, I mean, like this guy is always right there. So you might as well take the more than two to one odds. The fact that he wasn't comfortable is, is terrifying. And I mean, that's, that's gotta be the odds on favorite and, and it'd be dumb. You know, we could try and have, have some fun and be more bold. We'll do that with the, you know, more underrated guys that we'll get to, but like for the obvious pick, I mean, it'd be dumb to put your money anywhere else. I like that you say 2020 is a fake year and it, we're trying to form podcast friendships now. So I'm going to start it off by courting Titus and Tate right now. Cause they're, they're calling the NCAA basketball tournament right now, a Mickey mouse tournament. So uh, I think that you're calling the 2020 MLB season, a Mickey mouse season. Only cause Trevor Bauer won the Cy Young and Probably. he calls it a Mickey mouse Cy Young. So I might as well just jump on it and, and go full, full throttle on that. The Marlins made the playoffs. So, so I think it was a Mickey mouse season for the AL, but not the NL. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I'll, I'll get us started with the Dark Horses. I really like Shohei Otani at plus 2,000. I know he's on the same team as Mike Trout, and you'll get a little bit diluted, but I, I think Shohei's MVP hopes lie on the shoulders of Joe Madden, maybe some foreshadowing. It, it seems like he's ready to go on the mound, um, and 190 at the plate kind of felt like a fluke last year. So mm-hmm. if he's a true, great two-way player, and he meets the expectations of what he actually can realistically do, then the shiniest new toy in baseball, I think, can win the MVP. I want to go into my dark horse, but before I do, I want to touch on Otani because I think it's a great pick. You know, if he can possibly, you know, start 20 games and hit third in that lineup or hit first or whatever they want to plan on for him. But my thing with Otani, and this is a personal thing, I think he should become the best closer in baseball. Play in the ninth inning, throw 101, throw 102 with that split with that split finger and all of his different pitches, he can just go to fastball slider split, do something and just be the closer for the angels. Imagine if eight innings in he's playing center field or he's playing all over the field, stealing bases, hitting home runs. And then in the ninth inning, he gets to be the closer for the angels. They have Rossi Iglesias, but I think he would be an absolute hammer out of the bullpen, but enough about my take on Otani, my dark horse plus 2,500. This is such good value. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. for AL MVP plus 2,500. So last year he was third best in the majors in exit velocity. And now in spring training, he's tied for the most hits of over 110 miles an hour. To summarize, he hits the ball so hard. And I think this is might be the season where he absolutely unloads on an MVP season. It's plus 2,500. I'm looking for value, and that's where I see the value. Yeah, I mean, so going to the Otani thing, I mean, that's like a conversation you and I like specifically had where we're, we Literally. were both just like, this guy just needs to be a college closer, like this, this stud that just goes off, you know, plays the ball game wherever and then just comes in and shuts it down. But regardless, like the two-way player thing is going to give these writers such a headache that I really like that pick from Jack. Like, how do you process – somebody that's pitching well and hitting well, like that guy's guy, I feel like just going to have so much more value. The guy that, and I'm going to be a sucker for this bet. I think every single year until he's not in the league anymore, it's John Carlos Stanton at plus 4,000. I mean, we're talking about exit velocity. We're talking about what somebody is able to do when they hit the ball hard all the time. John Carlos Stanton hits the ball harder than anybody in baseball history. And the question for him is staying healthy. Aaron judge. It's the same question. He's plus 1200. I think Aaron judge is a little bit more dynamic than Stanton. But when we talk about offensive ability, does judge really see capable of hitting for more power than Stanton? Like they're the same thing. And I think if you're getting Stanton at plus 4,000, I'm always going to just be a sucker for that bet for 20 bucks and just see what happens. Cause he's just too good. You'll get everybody else in that range. It's like, you're just throwing darts. Like he's right there with Joey Gallo and, and he's tied with Jordan Alvarez, Matt Olson, Kyle Tucker, and Carlos Correa. Like, that's a joke. Yeah, but that's why I want to preface it. That's why I mentioned Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I feel like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the Stanton before Stanton in terms of that year before he unleashed in Miami for 58 bombs. Could that happen with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year? 
maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the National League MVP because this is not a Mike Trout versus the field scenario. This is, you know, you've got like a four or five horse race. Juan Soto and Mookie Betts both at plus 750. Ronald Acuna Jr., Cody Bellinger at plus 800. Fernando Tatis Jr. at plus 850. Of those five, I really like Juan Soto. His slash line in 2020 was like stupid. If he manages to lead the National League in offensive war, average, OBP, slugging, and OPS again, I'll be up in arms if he doesn't get the National League MVP. I I mean, it's hard to, what, you're going to argue against Juan Soto? But I, I like... You are. I am. <laughs> I, I like Mookie Betts at another plus 750. He was on pace last year for 40 home runs, 40 plus home runs and 20 plus steals. He finished second in MVP voting last year. And if the Dodgers win 110 games, I mean, he's going to be the best player on that team. And if he's going to hit you 290 with 40 bombs and 30 stolen bases, being the best defensive right fielder in baseball, I think it's a lock. I actually think it's a lock. We all just did a little head turn. (laughs) Just the word lock is just, just brings out so many like just painful times that I was like, Oh, it's a lock. And then had to (laughs) shoot out the Venmo. But you know, I think when you look across the board here, Mookie bets at plus seven fifty. again, we're going with the favorite and it's tough with MVP that that's going to be the least exciting when we're going with like the favorite, but we talk about what Mike Trout's capable of. Right. And, and Mike Trout's in his own stratosphere, maybe. But I think the only person that might be within that stratosphere is Mookie Betts. Um, Soto will be there. But I think when you impact the game in so many different ways, we saw what Betts' defense does uh, in the postseason. He steals bags. I mean, Soto says he wants to improve on his defense, but he's a liability out there. He's not going to steal bags like Betts does. Doesn't impact the game in as many ways. And you're getting Betts for three times better odds than you're getting Mike Trout for. I mean, that that's definitely – a really, really good value bet, even though he's tied for the favorite. Because I think you're getting that value there because of how many guys are close to him. When you look at Acuna at plus 800, Bellinger at plus 800, Tatis at plus 850, it's much closer. But I still think that Betts is head and shoulders above everybody else there, kind of in the way that Trout is. Jack, have you gone in your MVP yet? One soda, right? Yeah, one soda. All right. He didn't already. even hear it. He's just Dark like horse. so ready to just yeah. dismiss that. I'm, you know I'm what Peter does? Staring at lines, so ready. I could just do this all by myself. I said I'm ready to do this all by myself in terms of just so basically are. I think when I talk, you hear the Charlie Brown parents, the wah wah wah. He's <laughs> just like I'm so ready to just give this plus six thousand because <laughs> these these value is so good. Dark horse. All right, I'm going straight in. There's a lot here. There's actually a, a ton of good value, but a name that stayed with me the most is Corey Seager at plus 1500. And it's similar thinking to Mookie saying that Corey Seager is a free agent. I mean, not similar to Mookie in the sense that he's going, that Corey Seager is going to be a free agent after the, after this year. But I do think that there's a very real possibility. They win 110 plus games. And I think at the end of the year, we're going to look back and see who the best player is. And I think it's going to be Corey Seager or Mookie. So I think at plus 1500, you put 10 bucks down to win $150. I love that play, especially he's about to be a free agent, which is so huge. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to kind of go back to, and I love Seager and I think it's a good pick if you're like hedging the Mookie Betts bet, because again, you're talking about diluting kind of like what Jack was saying with, with the AL situation with, with with, um, excuse me, Otani and Trout. When I look at a value play here, um, you know, it's not the best of values because we're talking about plus 4,000 for John Carlos Stanton, but Freddie Freeman at plus 1,200 for me, I just see him, uh, yeah, he's a first baseman, but he's in a team where I still think, you know, he has the dilution issue too, where you have Acuna and Freddie Freeman. But I think Freddie Freeman is is routinely, for the next couple of years, going to put up more well-rounded numbers than Acuna. Acuna is always going to have that strikeout risk. Freeman's just so consistent. He's going to drive in runs. And I think he's just always going to be in that conversation. He, he should have been, you know, I thought far and away, he was probably the best offensive player that we saw in the NL besides Soto. And again, he, he plays good defense. The Braves, I think, are going to be a machine. And when you have that guy that has just been anchoring the middle of that lineup for so long now, and now this team is turning into what it is, I just think Freeman, what he's able to do offensively and how consistent he is at plus 1,200, I have to take him there. I just think he's too darn good and almost too guaranteed to be in the top five to not take those odds. 
Yeah, I like Freddie Freeman. And same odds as that plus 1,200. I'm going to repeat something that I said in episode two of this podcast. I'm buying the dips on Christian Yelich at plus 1,200. I'm the dips. Uh, Hunter Bishop's favorite swing to watch in baseball is Christian Yelich. I think that's a shared feeling among many. Like this guy might be your favorite baseball player's favorite baseball player because he does so many things at such a freaking high level. And I love Christian Yelich. And Pete... 2019, not long ago, Christian Yelich. won an MVP, people forget. He's so good. The only reason I didn't pick him, I love the pick. And I was thinking plus 1,200 if I'm going to go. I mean, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Thanks. So let's go to AL Cy Young. Yeah, please. I'll get us going with the AL Cy Young. (laughs) For context, I'm a Marlins fan. So, um, yeah, that's just the context there. He should have won back-to-back MVPs if he didn't break his kneecap. Yep. Yeah, I'll get us going with the AL Cy Young. I love the trio of favorites at the top of Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, Lucas Giolito from plus 350 to plus 450. All three of those guys. Of those three, I personally am not sure if Garrett Cole can keep the ball in the ballpark enough. And to be honest, part of me is really worried that it may take a moment for Lucas Giolito and Yasmani Grandal to get on the same exact page that he and James McCann were. So I think I like Bieber to repeat but the likelihood of the Indians just sucking this year really hurts his case. It's, it's, a, it's a strong case that they're going to be terrible. I, 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 think, I think your analysis is spot on there. My thinking is that it's Giolito's time. This is the Giolito season. I'm taking him at plus 450. He's 26 years old. This is also a very pivotal season for the White Sox. They need to be really good, I think. Um. I, I Garrett Cole is another pick at plus 350 where I was thinking the, those two, I think are going to win the Scion. It's going to be either one of those two, in my opinion. I just, I don't know the likelihood that Shane Bieber repeats. It's definitely not out of the question, but I'd go with Gilito. Yeah. I'm going Shane Bieber repeat. You know, I, I look at Shane Bieber and it's a little bit reminiscent of that Mets team that just sucked and DeGrom was like 10 and nine and, you know, still won it. You can only you can control the controllable as a pitcher and still win the Cy Young. And I think when we look at the Indians, yeah, they're not as good um, in terms of of what they're going to be able to do on the field offensively. I think that people are are a little bit too bearish on them. Their defense is arguably better, which is something that directly impacts Bieber. Uh, you lose Lindor at shortstop, but you replace him with someone who who might ultimately be better than him defensively at this point. I think there's just some upgrades there. I like Bieber at plus 400, Cole at plus 350. If it was a little bit better odds wise, I'd be interested, but uh, give me Bieber. I still think that you're getting just too quality of a pitcher. That's still on the up and up. Aram, who's your dark horse? Dark horse right here is, is Jesus Lizardo. I think this kid is just too physically gifted to not be dominant. Absolutely dominant. We have some health con, con, you know, concerns here. And this is a guy I had on my personal podcast. So I definitely like, have a little bit of a personal tie to him. But Lizardo, you throw 101 from the left side. You have a nasty breaking ball. You got four different pitches. He has sink. He even throws in that turkey sub now. I mean, it's, it's just not fair. His fastball whistles like a train. It's just tailing so quickly at 101. He's going to be an absolute stud. It's not fair. My dark horse is kind of interesting. and almost follows the, the Indians path that we've seen. Zach Plesak, plus 4,000. He has a very strong track record in the minors. He had a 0.96 ERA in AA and a 2.73 ERA in 2019 in AAA. And then he had a 2.28 ERA in 2020. It just seems like the Kluber to Bauer to Bieber to Plesak. I don't know if he actually wins AL Cy Young, but I think at plus 4,000, he has a shot to be a really good pitcher this year, and I'm all about value. That's, a John, that's some John Carlos Stanton odds, man. Exactly. One thing we know about Zach Plesak is he's not listening to this podcast because the media just sucks, man. They're out there. <laughs> we know that for sure. Uh, I'm not venturing too far down the list here. I would absolutely entertain the idea of Tyler Glass now at plus 950. He'll be the ace, and Tampa has a real fighting chance to contend again, even without Blake Snell at the front of the rotation. If the two-pitch mix becomes three with the apparently improved changeup, like put the league on notice because that fastball curveball that Glass now has is like disgusting. I don't know if there are any better two-pitch mixes in baseball. I think Shane Bieber might have it with that fastball knuckle curve, but I mean, Glass now's fastball curveball is nuts. 
as we break into the NL Cy Young, I'm going to bring up a pitcher that definitely has a better two-pitch mix. Okay. And it's Jacob <laughs> DeGrom, who throws a 102-mile-an-hour fastball at a 94-mile-an-hour slider. Jacob DeGrom at plus 425 is probably the safest bet out of all of these bets put together just because he's the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, not by a long shot because you got Garrett Cole, you got Shane Bieber, you got these guys. I mean, the best pitcher in baseball is getting better. That's all I have to say. At plus 425, I'm not going to say lock, but lock. Stop saying lock. That's twice. That is twice. Arm, what do you think? Yeah, DeGrom again. Like, it's got to be the boring choice here, but he should be – like Mike Trout odds, really. He should be minus 250 or worse. Like I I, I am 100% full disclosure betting this. And um, like, I'm going to have to talk myself out of not betting an unreasonable amount on it because it just doesn't make sense to me. I think the only thing that can stop Jacob deGrom from winning the Cy Young is Jacob deGrom. Um, I I just think there's nobody really right there with him even that that I'm like, oh, he's a threat. If we're talking about, if we're making like stock market kind of uh, metaphors, I would love to short Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Jack, what do you think? Um, this is turning into the Jacob deGrom love fest, right? He's the best pitcher on the planet. He, and his average fastball velocity has climbed every single year since 2016. I mean, he was late 20s in 2016. He sat 98-99 last year, hit 102 this spring. Yes, please. Yes, please for Jacob deGrom. I, I, when Arm was talking about unreasonable amount of money, I was not thinking that. So it's actually good he put that in my head because I was going to do something stupid. Dark Horse. So I have two. I had to do two. It's not. Yeah. It's probably not fair, but I had to do two. Blake Snell at plus 1,200. People forget he had a 1.89 ERA in 2018 and won the Cy Young. But also, Blake Snell walking off. I know I said this in the last episode. Blake Snell walking off the mound after game six of the World Series last year. Pissed off. He's going to be a dog this season. I think he has a great chance to be really good for the Padres in his first season there. Number two, which is really crazy value odds, Corbin Burns, plus 4,000 on the Milwaukee Brewers. Not to be confused with Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns. 2.21 ERA last year, striking out 37% of hitters in 60 innings. Small sample size, but he's working 96 and 97. He's got five pitches on repeat. He could be really good this year. Yeah, I got I got a dark horse again that just someone I've followed through the minors and now just getting a chance to see what he's done at the big league level. He, he just has not even really had a bad start at the big league level. Zach Gallen at plus 5,000, like, come on. I mean, this guy actually, like, got a, like a couple distant Cy Young votes, like, last year. I, I think this guy is just, in the larger scheme of a season, benefits even more because while he's not going to, all the time rack up 12 K's and, you know, go nine innings. He is almost never going to have that blow up start. And I think there's, there's a stat. I don't even know if it's still going, but for a while he was like getting up to almost 30 stats where he hadn't given up two runs and like in six innings or something like that. You might know it, Jack, but like it was an absurd stat that I stopped following after the Marlins traded him. But yeah, that's my guy. I hit this stat on a previous episode. I think it was 23 starts of three or fewer runs allowed to open his career, which is a major league record. That's so screwed up. Like the, the the ability to control damage that young into your major league career is stupid. In Arizona. Uh, in Arizona, right? My dark horse is plus 1,200. I really like Aaron Nola. I, I've made that clear. Um, he doesn't miss outings. And he's got as true of a four-pitch mix as any starter in the game. Change-up, curveball, four-seamer, sinker. In that order, none used more than 27% of the time none less than 20% of the time. That's literally, you are expecting to see one of four pitches every single time the ball leaves his hand. That can screw people up. And if he's got three working, that's like no hitter level. So I think Aaron Nola, I think the Cy Young is inevitable for him at some point. I don't know if it's this year, but I would like to put a couple of dollars to bet that it might be this year. The thing with Nola is just, he hasn't been able to continue through the whole season second half of the year seems to be a time where he just hits a wall and i mean that's really the only thing stopping him right uh american league rookie of the year i am really worried that the odds on favorite randy rosarena has a good year this year and people are gonna annihilate him because he's not replicating what he did last october absolutely same fear right so if i gotta put a dollar down i think it goes on wander franco like it's inevitable that he debuts this year and plus 1000 he's near the top of the favorites 
I do like Wander Franco. I think I think he probably has the best chance to win it. Um, but if if the Rays give him a shot and he actually plays, yeah. my favorite. I'm not even super confident on this one, but I think Alex Kirloff at plus two thousand is a really good value. It's kind of a dual pick. I think it's going to be. I'll just get my dark horse now. I think it's Kirloff and Bobby Wood Jr. Kirloff at plus two thousand, Bobby Wood Jr. at plus twenty five hundred. I think those are the two picks in the American League outside of Wander Franco because I'm just not sure if Franco plays. Jared Kalenic is a good one at plus a thousand. Randy Rosarina at plus three fifty. If we're looking at value here, I think Kirloff and Bobby Witt are some of the best players on this list. And at that crazy, I mean, you put ten dollars to win two hundred fifty. You put ten dollars to win two hundred. These are great bets. Yeah, so th- this is right on my alley as the as the prospect guy, and that that's the thing I'm going to be doing a lot of on the site, and I also host the you know locked on MLB prospects. So something I talked about was how the odds are very maneuverable when you look at ALNL Rookie of the Year because you can use process of elimination on guys that just aren't going to be up in time, right? Yeah. And like so that's why you can eliminate a few guys right off the bat. I also think like a Rosarena, like Jack said, he's going to hit 280 with 25 home runs, and people are going to be like boo. Mm-hmm. So it's like and he's not going to play good defense. So it, it's unfortunate for him. My guy, um, when I'm looking at rookie of the year, I'm always just looking odds. Uh, and that's, that's the thing. And Ryan Mountcastle at plus 1200, like he's going to just have such a good shot at winning it. I don't think people are realizing how good Ryan Mountcastle was last year. And the big thing about it is opportunity, right? Like Wander Franco, we don't know how long it's going to be until he gets up. He's going to get up at some point. Same story with Kalinick, same story with Bobby Wood Jr. It's all about opportunity when it comes to rookie of the year. Mountcastle is going to be up from day one and he hit, 333 with five jacks last year in 140 plate appearances. He walked a lot. Yeah, he doesn't have a set position, but I don't really care when it comes to rookie of the year. So many guys are going to struggle through the dog days that if you just have consistent offensive numbers, he's going to be right there. And and his offensive profile is just too good. And the Orioles suck. So he's probably going to play all 162 games anyway. So that's probably actually kind of a good pick. In the middle of the order. Yeah, of course, because they don't have anyone else. Here's a spin zone for you. Rookie going to play a lot on a good team. My dark horse at plus 1200 or at plus 1250 is Andrew Vaughn. I thought the White Sox were going to sign Yasiel Puig or UNS Cespedes. Apparently they contacted both of them (laughs) today. We're recording today for a two we're recording on Monday for a Tuesday release today. They sign Jake lamb who last time I checked is an infielder. Uh, So I think the plan is Andrew Vaughn is going to be the opening day left fielder after not playing left field in the history of ever. Zach Collins will DH. Andrew Vaughn at plus 1250. This guy's going to come up and like he has 30 home run potential this year. And with the Eloy Jimenez injury, Andrew Vaughn is going to play a ton and he may suck in left. But nobody cares about the field anymore. He will suck. If you play left field, who cares? My Uber value pick. Yeah, 10 bucks to win 350. Taylor Trammell is the opening day left fielder for the Seattle Mariners. And if he if he plays well, then he stays, right? He's the everyday left fielder when Kyle Lewis comes back. Um, if Lewis still is dealing with this injury thing, then Trammell's going to stay in the outfield. And you've got Kalanick and Julio Rodriguez on the way. Trammell has such a smooth swing. I mean, he's been a prospect for a while. I know Arm probably definitely knows more than me about it. But I just know that Taylor Trammell, ever since I saw him in the Futures game a couple of years ago, he has just had one of the sweetest swings that I've seen from a lefty outfielder in a long time. But he just hasn't put it all together yet. Um, and I know Arm can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, with, with Trammell, I was, that was a guy I was a little bit more out on in the recent years. And then he has made some really good improvements. He has a high floor, too. He's a good defensive you know, outfielder. Now he's showing really well in spring training. And I know there's a lot of good news around him. So I think that's a really good dark horse pick. My super uber value guy too, Alejandro Kirk catcher Mm -hmm. with the blue Jays at plus 5,500. Give me that because he can swing it. He can hit that lineup is stacked. He might be batting like eighth, seeing a ton to hit and he's going to have a bunch of opportunities to drive in runs. That one I can promise you I'm laying money on when he has got the best odds. I mean, Spencer Torkelson's plus 5,000. That guy's not even going to play until mid or late in the season. He was abysmal in spring training. Not worried about him, but he's not ready. That just kind of shows you how you can process of elimination. Kirk's going to get enough opportunity. He's good enough. I'm taking that value right there. And our rookie of the year, I think, is the Sixto Sanchez show. Uh, <laughs> I have him. I don't no. know if Arum's going to have him. 
Uh, Key Brian Hayes has been great this spring, and he's been hitting the crap out of the ball like we have talked about last week. But if Sixto can still be electrifying like he was in 2020 and be on the bump all year long, like his stuff is sexy enough to get him league-wide attention. My thing is I don't know if Sixto Sixto is going to be pretty good. He's going to throw 101 miles an hour off the jump. My eyes go to Dylan Carlson at plus 700. He came up and he hit 200 in, in 2020, but it was a really small sample size. He's got a great swing. He's really athletic. He's going to play all over the field. But I something that we talked about is opportunity, right? I mean, Dylan Carlson's going to play opening day in center field with Harrison Bader out. So I think if we're looking at opportunity and we're looking at an athlete who could possibly hit 20 home runs this year for the Cardinals who are going to get a lot of attention. Also, I think Dylan Carlson at plus 700 is a really good pick. I'm just going to break into my dark horse because it's a, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun guy for the Padres. Ha Seong Kim at plus 1800. The more I did my research, the more I came to love Ha Seong Kim. Back-to-back seasons hitting over 300 in the KBO. He had 30 home runs and stole 23 bases. And he's going to get p- playing time with the Padres. He's going to play all over the field. He's just so versatile. He's a professional hitter. I like professional hitters being rookie of the year early at least. At plus 1,800, I get a professional really good KBO hitter. As a rookie of the year, plus 1,800, 10 to win 180, I'll take it. Yeah, this is another one of those situations here where personally, I think – betting against Brian Hayes is almost as ridiculous as betting against like Mike Trout for, for the uh, MVP, like that ridiculous because Brian Hayes impacts the game again in so many different ways. He right away, like right now, as we start opening day is one of the finalists for the gold glove already. So you have somebody at a, at a pretty important defensive position that is already going to be up there in war. If he hits 260 or if he hits 300 and now we're seeing the bat really come around I think that plus 350, you know, it's not great odds for rookie of the year, given the unpredictability of, of young players, but he is just such a well-rounded player. The offense has come around. The defense is just so darn good that he's going to be near the top of the league. I really believe in war by the time we're done and it's just going to be too much to ignore. Um, But, you know, he could go through some growing pains offensively and that could hurt him, but his defense is always going to keep him in the conversation. My problem with Sixto is he doesn't get enough swings and misses. I love Sixto, but with the stuff that he has, he's below average with the strikeout rates, below average swinging strikes. He needs to figure out a better pitch mix to be able to get the swings and misses. Personally, I'm going with the guy that I really think is good for the odds is either Ian Anderson at plus 750, because I mean, what he did last year, not only was he the best young pitcher in baseball, he was one of the best pitchers in the National League. Yeah. When you group in the postseason all together, his numbers were better than everybody not named Trevor Bauer. I mean, even right there with you, Darvish. So yeah. I think to, to pass on Ian Anderson here is, is a bit of a mistake, but I'll throw in a third one because I'm the prospect guy. Jazz <laughs> Chisholm just won the second base job for the Marlins, plus 3,000. He's got 30-30 potential, like actually. And he says he's going to go 40-40, which is a joke, but no. – um, He's very good. The question is, can he hit enough? But he's a great defender and he's playing second base, which he's going to be a plus plus defender. Got the speed, got the power. Jazz at plus 3000, worth a shot. I kept scrolling and kept scrolling and I was flabbergasted when I came upon this guy plus 4000. Easiest dollar anybody can put down on Jonathan India to win NL Rookie of the Year. This is absurd that he's at plus 4000. People aren't reading. The Reds are in love with Jonathan India. You ask anybody within the Reds organization, who was the guy that made waves at the alternate site in 2020? Everybody immediately said, Jonathan India. Who did they release yesterday? D. Strange Gordon. Who's the starting second baseman on opening day for the Reds? In all likelihood, it's Jonathan India. A guy that's going to be on a good team in the NL Central in a very hitter-friendly ballpark. I don't see any reason why you shouldn't put a dollar down to win 40 on Jonathan India being NL Rookie of the Year. That's the Absolutely. most passionate I will ever Jack, be about that, a dark that, horse. That literally convinced me. I mean, no, that I, was I, awesome. I wasn't I even thinking about Jonathan India, and now at plus four thousand with that—that's the—that's the take of the year already. I've I never heard. This. I've never heard a a prospect that was in obscurity in 2019 be this raved about in 2021. And, and well, the here we go. Is, I talked about this on the, on my podcast recently. I just want to do one more little touch on Jonathan India here he had a decent 2019, but just because it wasn't to the standards of a top five pick, I think people really faded him, but 
He walks a lot. He's going to play some decent defense and he can hit for some power. He had a 259, 365, 402 slash line in 2019. So the power wasn't quite there, but he walks a lot. He can hit. And if he's making strides, 20 home runs with a high OBP, like he's going to be right in that conversation. I like that pick a lot too. Plus 4,000. That's stupid. American League 400. Yeah, Giancarlo Stanton odds. Uh, AL manager of the year, the favorites, Tony Larusa and Kevin Cash, split the odds on favorite spot at plus 450. Uh, Kevin Cash is the victim of the analytics rebellion, and Tony Larusa is a, the old horse getting back in, right? I think the stars are aligning for Tony Larusa to take this home. That's my, that's my favorite bet. That is what it kind of seems like. I'm going Aaron Boone at plus 500, and I'm going Aaron Boone at plus 500 for this reason. I think the Yankees are going to get injured this year, but I think that through those injuries, there's a real possibility they win close to a hundred games. And I think if the White Sox aren't as great as everyone says, I think it, it will kind of just line up. I mean, Charlie Montoyo is a great pick for the Blue Jays, but I think Aaron Boone, the Yankees are going to win a lot of games and they're going to be injured. There's storylines there. I like Aaron Boone at plus 500. Yeah. there's a lot of reasons why I, I don't love Larusa, but oh, we'll, me too. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll, there's we'll a lot just, of reasons. We'll just stick with, with the baseball side of things. Uh, I just, I just don't see the White Sox. They already have the sky high expectations, and I think when you look at manager of the year, it really boils down to which team is going to exceed whatever expectations are set on them prior to the season. It's not like people are like looking at what decisions you make. Wow. That was the best coaching decision I've ever seen. I'm going to write that down and remember that for later. It's more so just what team exceeds expectations or just is as good as we thought they'd be. I love Montoyo as a new guy with the blue Jays. I think that team is just so young, so exciting there. People are going to group think themselves into like, wow, he just managed all these young, big personalities and they didn't have a lot of pitching and he made it happen and whatever. They're too good. I think he is going to re- relate to the players really well. I think they are going to play well for him. And, and I think the Blue Jays are, are going to be a really good team this year. Montoyo is the new guy. It seems like the pop-up new guy always seems to get a lot of consideration when the team does well. My dark horse, not really a dark horse. I mean, kind of like the odds are saying it. Joe Madden at plus 850. Mm-hmm. They can take the division. They can very well take the division. And like I said, talking about the AL MVP, his management of Shohei Otani will be incredibly well-documented. So if Otani is having that MVP caliber year, people are going to say, oh, the brilliance of Joe Madden. Joe does it again. The wine guy. Us three are just sports journalism guys who just follow this stuff. And we see these storylines pop up, even if they don't even deserve it. So that's what we're doing for you here. And that ties into my dark horse, Bob Melvin of Oakland at plus 950. The team doesn't really have a marquee star. I know Chapman's going to be hurt a little bit with the hip. If they are able to win the division, which I think is pretty likely, you got Anaheim. I just don't think either of them. I think there's a very real chance that Oakland wins the division. And if Oakland wins this division, Bob Melvin is going to get a lot of looks. And at plus 950, that's really good value. Yeah, I like that pick a lot too. I mean, the A's are always, again, it's like the, I think there's no award that's more driven by narrative than manager of the year. Literally. that's another like just the A's finding a way to do it despite the budget, Moneyball, like Bob Melvin, I like it too. And I mean, they have a lot of talent, a lot of young pitching. Um, I, I think I think that the A's could be a team that finally like Melvin finally gets it again. Uh, I, I like that pick too at plus nine fifty. National League Manager of the Year, the storylines coincide perfectly, right? The same reason Bob Melvin is a value pick in the American League is the same reason that Jace Tingler feels right at plus 350. Usually the first year a team is a legit contender, that manager is going to win, manager of the year. And the Padres, for the first time in a long time, are going to be a legit contender for a World Series crown. If they meet expectations, I think you hand it to Jace Tingler. My thing, and I think Chase Tingler is actually a really good bet. The value isn't great there. It's not. And the Padres already have so much expectation going into the season. I think if they falter a little bit, I think maybe you'll you'll see votes getting taken away from Tingler. My pick goes with my theme of I think the Dodgers are going to win 110 plus games. And when they do, I think you give Dave Roberts and at plus 450, he's not even the favorite. I just think I just think these teams that are going to win 100, 110, like I just saw an ESPN, I just saw a stupid article on ESPN that they, I guess they 
analyze the season or they predicted it with their computer, Dakota. which I don't know what they did, but they have the Dodgers winning 118 games. <laughs> and if they win eight less than those at a hundred, I mean, Dave Roberts at plus 450 is my pick. I think the Dodgers are just going to murder everyone in their path this year. So you think, you think that he wins it, even if they're eight games below expectations. I mean, 110 wins is a disappointment. Clearly it's a, it's yeah, a one fifteen disappointment for the Dodgers. What is so, ESPN doing? Like you just put out an article by a fake computer that made a fake, whatever. The new thing is just make, make a weird software that predicts things wrong. And then everybody freaks out about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Hey, this prediction is wrong. We're going to put it as a headline. It's it's, I think they know what they're doing. So I'm looking at this now and it's tough. It's tough in the NL. I think it really is. But when I look across the board, I, I hope I'm saying it right. Mike, Mike Schilt. Yeah, Mike Schilt with the Cardinals. I, I just I like the Cardinals this year. I think the odds of plus six hundred are solid, and you know he's got a really really good chance to have a special year with the Cardinals. The Cardinals have that combination of young talent, veteran know how. They add Arenado, Goldschmidt. I think is going to benefit from it as much as anybody. Carlson's going to have that big year as we alluded to. That team's really good. Some pitching questions. We'll see. Yeah, I'm going to go a two for one here though because I think Rojas is also a great option. The Mets are the big storyline around baseball, especially the National League outside of the two West Coast teams. The Mets are good. And if you can be the guy that turns the, the Mets not only from losing, but to also not being a laughingstock, like Mickey Callaway was fighting reporters. You know, like my mm-hmm. boy Tim Healy got targeted by him and Jason Vargas, which so just, just him, Jason Vargas doesn't really count. But, you know, that, that's a thing where it's like you you have to – follow the narrative. He's changing the culture, the culture in baseball with the Mets. Give me Rojas actually a plus 650. All right, let's work through the um, statistical leaders and we'll go quick. So we'll go favorite and then we'll Wait, I have to get my dark horse. What? Oh, of course. I have to get my dark horse. Oh, okay. And it's Sorry. like my favorite. It's my, it's one of my favorite bets. I have to say it. I'm going to interrupt. We should skip it then. No, doing it now. Dave Martinez plus 1200 of the nationals. People forget, people forget. We still have Scherzer. You still have Strasburg. You still have Corbin. You still have Juan Soto. You still have Trey Turner. Victor Robles. And you got, you got a pretty good bullpen, too. They're still really good. And they added one? Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber, who were both good players. People oh. forget, including myself, that they got no. Kyle Schwarber. I knew <laughs> they got Josh Bell, but I forgot that they got Kyle Schwarber. He's going to hit 210 this year. But I think they could still win the World Series. Yeah, he's going to play really good defense too. Him and Josh Bell might combine. Yeah. defensive wizards over there. I just think I just think people are going to sleep on the Nationals. I think they take the. I'll, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'll, whatever. I'll be hibernating. Yeah, I'm not going to go into my wild card and everything like that yet. But the Nationals are one of my wild card picks. Well, what's funny Shot. about that is you don't let us skip to the statistical leaders, and you need to talk about a very <laughs> underwhelming Nats manager of the year. <laughs> I look at these lines and I get so giddy and excited that I can't, I can't help it. All right. We'll go uh, not necessarily rapid fire, but closer to rapid fire than what we've been going with the statistical leaders. Um, (laughs) Give us your favorite, the odds, give us the dark horse, you know, quick reason why Peter, get us going with the home run leader. Home run leader. I'm going with Mike Trout. The fact that he is figuring out his swing on his way to becoming one of the greatest players of all time. I think he hits 50 home runs. And my dark horse is just the same as MVP. I'm going Vladdy at plus 4,400 to lead the league in home runs. Plus yeah. 4,400, that's 10 to win plus 440. You, I'm putting actual U.S. currency on Vladdy. Oh, and also important to note, this is the entire MLB, right? Yep, entire MLB. Yeah. I just picked two AL guys, but entire MLB. So no pesos from Peter on that bet. No. I'm going to go. Yeah, th- this one is tough, but... Again, I'm going to double down on this one, but John Carlos Stanton, what does he do? He hits home runs and he's plus 2000. That's his job. What you're betting on is legitimately, will he get hurt at this point? Because otherwise he's going to be in the conversation. And it's basically plus 1000 odds is that he'll be healthy the whole season. Because I think that's why the odds are the way they are. Otherwise he'd be right there at the top with everybody else. That's the one I got to be taking as my just odds on favorite circle back to me on the uh, dark horse because I need a second to, to digest all of this. Yankee <laughs> truther, Aram Layton. Um, I, yeah, see, ask Pete. I'm, I'm a big Yankees guy. He, he calls me a Yankee hater. Uh, my overall so passion about baseball that we literally have to relax our takes. Like, we're literally like, all right, calm down. 
my overall home run leader, I, I think the favorite for me, and I'm shocked that these odds are as good as they are, Joey Gallo at plus 1,300. We've bet. talked about his raw power already, and it's only episode three, so we've done it twice now. My dark horse is Jordan Alvarez at plus 2,000. He had nine plate appearances last year, but in 2019, he was top 6% in the league, so the 94th percentile or better, and thank God for baseball savant. Thank God for baseball savant. They were top six in the league, Jordan was, in exit velo, barrel rate, hard hit rate, and walk rate. This guy's already super smart, and he puts the barrel on the ball with a hard swing all the freaking time. I like that. Let's get into K-leaders. Wait, no, we need dark arms, dark horse. Oh, yeah, yeah, and this will be a a bit more exciting, I think, than than the, uh, the manager pick. Also, the fact that CJ Crone's on this list is, is kind of funny. I think they just like throw some in as a joke. Right. Um, but again, this isn't like that hot, but Christian Yelich, sorry. Like he's in a hitter's park and at, what is he plus 4,000? Mm-hmm. Like people forget, right? People That's forget. what we're going to keep saying on the stupid odds is people forget plus 4,000 Christian Yelich. He plays in a band box and he's going to be in the thirties or forties. And the margin is just, can he get 10 extra? I think he can. And this could be the year. Overall, K leader, Garrett Cole is going to light shit up this year. He's going to have 330 Ks and he's going to win at plus 450. He's going to lead the league in strikeouts. And then my dark horse is I'm going right back to Blake Snell, my boy, plus 4,400. This dude strikes out, guys. Every single player he faces is just he's got to be in the lineup and he's got to not be taken out after the fifth or sixth inning. Blake Snell plus 4,400 to lead. The major leagues in strikeouts. I love it. Garrett Cole, though, more. I like Garrett Cole more. It, it helps that Blake Snell is in the National League now, so we're seeing a crap bat every two, three innings. Um, I also had Blake Snell as my dark horse at plus 4,400. Top 15% of the league in whiff rate Yeah. Um, last year. I I also like might sprinkle a dollar on Walker Bueller at plus 3,000. He's Good got odds. an ever-improving K rate. Um, but I personally like Shane Bieber over Garrett Cole with the strikeouts. His breaking pitches are, I think are better than Cole's. And I understand Jacob deGrom is going to see that same crap bat every two, three innings with the pitcher. But I think especially this year, after a 60 game season, deGrom is going to be robbed of some innings as are a lot of national league pitchers, because uh, for some reason, managers are going to want to turn to the bench and get pinch hitters and extend their bullpen. I like that pick. Yeah, I, I'm going to go just like a, a two for one here because I, this is just my the guy I like and the guy that I think could be um, the best odds too. It, it's Luis Castillo. And, and Castillo is right around the top of the league every single year and strikeout percentage top 15 to 20%, whiff rate top 15 to 20%. And he doesn't get hit hard and he goes deep into starts. And the Reds are going to ride Luis Castillo as far as he's going to take him alongside Sonny Gray. But Castillo is the ace of that staff, in my opinion, and he's going to go deep into ball games. They traded away a lot of that bullpen. They're going to stretch him out. And, you know, I, I think that he's too talented. A guy with a plus changeup like that just gets so many more strikeouts and guys from both sides of the plate. He's going to make it happen. I think he's going to be right in that conversation. Plus 2,200. Give me those odds all day. We wrap up with the overall saves leader. And uh, this is... <clears throat> This is a number that has to do with how good your team is, right? Whoever's going to win a lot of games, chances are those guys are going to be near the top. So these are two players that I think will both be one, two in saves at the end of the year. I think Liam Hendricks at plus 650 was brought in to close games. He signed a big contract. The White Sox have a ton of bullpen death, but it's all really, really young. And I think the way that Chapman has come in and been the the, they call him the captain of the bullpen. Liam Hendricks is about to become the captain of the White Sox bullpen where they win 90-plus games, and he's going to get a lot of saves. My dark horse, though, and it's not even a dark horse. I think these odds are stupid. Will Smith for the Braves at plus 3,300 is maybe the best value out of this entire list because for the Braves this year, he's going to get save opportunity on save opportunity on save opportunity and plus 3,300 is so high. If the Braves Braves are probably going to win that division, and he's going to have 40-plus saves, I think, if he stays healthy. And he proved that for the Giants that he can be fantastic as well. I think you put real U.S. currency on Will Smith, plus 3,300. Chris Martin, though, 
dark horse to, to steal some saves from Will Smith out of that bullpen. And that's, that's the only thing that concerns me when I look at these kind of bets, it's, is he a clear cut closer or are they going to go a little bit of committee action? I could see the Braves going a little bit of committee. I still think it's a great bet on odds, um, but just to be a bit different, I like Brad hand. I mean, Brad hand is one of the best relievers in baseball for how many years now? Um, A lot of the best hitters in the NL East are lefties and he's going to carve those guys up. What does concern me a little bit is I think we're seeing the game get a little bit straying away from closers. And if you're going against the Braves and Freeman and, and a few tough lefties are due up, you know, in the eighth inning, then maybe you bring in hand in that situation. I'm not going to let that stray me away from plus 2,500. He's one of the best relievers in the game over the last five years. And I'm going to take those odds for a Nationals team that is going to be in a lot of close games. To wrap this thing up, Aram, kind of same wavelength of thinking, right? Sometimes the closer isn't really the closer because you might want him in the seventh if you've got the heart of the order due up, right? And Andrew Miller felt like he kick-started that trend, and now it's becoming more and more of a trend. That's kind of the reason that I selected my two guys. My favorite is the odds-on favorite. I agree with you, Peter. Liam Hendricks, like the Sox are going to win a lot of games. He'll be on the mound the night for a lot of games. He's a true closer. I've got a bone to pick with DraftKings here because Taylor Rogers is the lifted is the listed closer for the Twins. Taylor Rogers is not listed uh, on this on this odds sheet. I think that Taylor Rogers is going to be that situational guy, and I think Alex Colome all he knows how to do is pitch in the ninth inning. So I think he's going to become the Twins closer, and I like Alex Colome at plus twenty five hundred. Uh, the Twins are going to win a lot of games. And Colome is still very good. Like, I think people forget that Alex Colome just saves so many games and really doesn't blow any of them. People forget. I mean, I'll, that's a really, really good pick because people forget that the Twins are a really good regular season team. And this is where saves come from. Mm. Well, speaking of which, wins in the regular season, we're going to give win totals all 30. We're going to pick division winners, league winners, and a World Series winner tomorrow. This is part one of our two part series on a. Uh, the betting bonanza ahead of opening day on Thursday. Holy shit, we're at opening day on Thursday. I cannot wait. Let's go. Let's go. Aram, same time tomorrow? Absolutely. Gambling partner, please sponsor us. Right now it's DraftKings for free, but we can do FanDuel. We might do something else. We might do some other odds elsewhere. So if you're hearing this somewhere, uh, your odds can be ours. We pitched, um, we pitched Dude Wipes and Manscaped at the end of episode two. What do you want to pitch for sponsorship right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think we gave, we threw DraftKings a bone and maybe we go FanDuel. Maybe we go somewhere else. I mean, you know, we don't want to just be, no free press. Maybe we create our <laughs> own press odds. Out here. Maybe we create our own odds. I mean, you're welcome DraftKings for the five cents of exposure. Today's episode three was brought to you by no one. <laughs> Project the plate. That's Project sad, isn't plate. it? All right. For Peter and Aram, I'm Jack. So long. We'll give you team win totals. But this was the Prop Bet episode, episode three in the books. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.